Hey guys, Bob Stanky here, longtime listener, first time caller. Google got me. I am a founding edition member of Stadia. I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah, but I'm a tech optimist, so you know, some comes out and I'm all about it. You know, hey Google Wave, that sounds like a great idea. Got on that bandwagon fast. Um, and then got thrown off. But anyways, uh it was fun to watch the event uh today on June sixth. Uh, well, it wasn't really an event, but it was just cool to see them release some information and give us a look at a couple of games and stuff like that. At 129, I mean, getting the controller and the, the Chromecast Ultra, I mean, I guess it's I guess it's worth it. Three months in pro, so. Ah, what the hell? It's worth a shot. It's worth giving a try. Super excited about it. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Really appreciate what you guys put out. And, uh... Hey everybody, welcome back to StadiaCast. We are now on episode 12. As always, I'm joined by my good friend Lloyd. How's it going, Lloyd? It is going fantastic. It's going, it's going, it feels like my my wallet just got a little bit lighter though for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that wry chuckle that you hear in the background is none other than Sir Patrick Beja. Uh, Patrick, thank you for joining us on the podcast today, sir. Uh, thank you for inviting me and unceremoniously knighting me just now. I, I, um, I believe that is official. Uh, thank you. I've got a sword and everything, so it, it works. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, Patrick, before we get started in talking about all things Stadia, and man, do we have a lot to talk about, uh, why don't you let everybody know who Patrick Beja is, Sir Patrick Beja? Oh, who is he? That's a good question. Almost of the philosophical nature. Um, <laughs> so I am a podcaster. I've been podcasting for a long time. And I focus on tech news and gaming news and a few other tidbits here and there, but mainly those two. And they can find where can they find your stuff just in case I forget to ask at the end? Sure. Uh, well, the easiest is always to go to Twitter. Uh, my handle is not Patrick, which is super easy to remember. You've already remembering it, by the way. Um, so not Patrick. And or you can go to Frenchspin.fr for my French language shows and Frenchspin.com for the English language shows. Oh, because I'm French. Right. That's another, I guess, not relevant, but uh, valuable piece of information. Not valuable. It's worth nothing. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> All right. Before we get started, let's tell everybody stuff that some people already know and some people don't. We record this show live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. Time zones are hard, as Patrick will will attest. Uh, we record that over at YouTube.com slash StadiaCast. If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, go to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail from any device. We may even play it on the show. And if you want to support the show, go to anchor.fm slash stadiacast and click the support this podcast link. Okay, we got all the housekeeping out of the way. The first Stadia Connect is here. Uh, we Phil Harrison got up on stage and told us all kinds of stuff. That, well, like a virtual stage. Um and told us all kinds of stuff, like what games to expect, what studios they're working with, the price, everything. Uh, what is your initial impression, Patrick? 
uh how deep do you want me to dive um do, just shallow I mean, and then we'll hit each thing as it goes okay um i would say that it was a very apt uh reinterpretation of what nintendo has been doing with the Nintendo nintendo directs uh, in in the form i think substance wise it was a little bit muddled or at least the message they were trying to convey was a little bit muddled and overall i am a little bit i am hopeful but a little bit disappointed still and we can i can tell you why later and lloyd uh, same depth don't go past yeah it. I, I want to know where the the, the secret uh, white room that like Johnny Ive hangs out in. Uh, apparently, he 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 found it. Um, yeah, it it was good. Uh, they they answered a lot of questions, and then they made a, a thousand other questions uh, and put them out there for the world. So we know a little bit more, but we don't know a little bit more. So it'll be interesting as as we have the slow roll towards November when this actually gets released, um, and then we get some some more of these questions answered. That's right. And, you know, I, I should probably point out that November is when they're planning on releasing, sort of, they're doing a soft launch, and we'll talk about that mm -hmm. in a little bit. But um, they've got a lot of time between now and November to talk about more stuff. So I fully expect that we will get more Stadia Connects uh, this year in the future, uh, especially at Gamescom. And, uh, you know, probably other whatever other conventions that there there may be. Uh, let's start with the um, with with the dev studios announced. So I'm just going to go through the list real quick. We've got Crystal Dynamics, Capcom, Airship, Deep Silver, EA, Larian Studios, 2K, THQ, Nordic, Ubisoft or Ubisoft. I don't know. Patrick, how am, how am I saying it wrong? Which way is the right way? You're uh. French. Ubisoft is fine if you're speaking in English. In French, we say Ubisoft. All right. Well, there you go. You've heard it from a Frenchman <laughs> now, so you don't have any excuses for saying it wrong, uh, except he was very uh, noncommittal on that answer. Uh, Avalanche, <laughs> Bethesda, Gearbox, SNK, WB Games, Arcane. The list just keeps going on and on and on. Is there anybody on this list that you guys feel like is is missing? Like, what? Why is why isn't this this uh, this dev studio working on this, uh, Patrick? Anybody missing that that jumps that doesn't jump out at you? Uh, wow, I mean there are ton there are tons of great studios uh, that I would love to see uh, work on Stadia. The main one because I used to work for them would be uh, Blizzard, and uh, that would be a, a pretty cool thing to see. But there are many many others. Um, I think ultimately, as you said, the thing to remember for this and for the games is that this is the first Stadia Connect and we have a lot of time for many more studios to join the party if, uh, you know, I, I mean, it could happen. So I wouldn't take this list as anything definitive. Lloyd? Uh, yeah, I think the same. Um, we, we don't have Activision announced yet. Um, I thought maybe one of their studios that they own was announced, but it looks like maybe not. Um, they, they they own all the things. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But then you see you have Bungie there and Bungie was a big part of the uh, of the announcement who used to be um, with Activision. So it's uh, it's kind of funny there as well. So, yeah, I, I think we have all the, the main hitters. Um, 
it's also E3 coming up and the PC showcase is going to be coming up. So I'm sure there's going to be some other uh, trailers that come out that have the Stadia logo at the end, which was um, fun to see uh, earlier this week when I saw it for the first time. So, yeah, I think we'll get we'll get more. I, I don't think anybody was really missing. I think anybody that wants to develop games for Stadia just has to ask if you're a triple A. Oh, right. they would be. I'm sure Studio would, uh, Studio, Stadia or Google would be happy to welcome anyone. Um, and there's one other thing to add is the fact that tonight, actually, or today, if you're uh, more to the west of me, we have uh, the Xbox conference for E3. Yeah. And that is probably going to be when uh, Microsoft announces their next generation console slash service. Uh, at that point, it's likely that a lot of uh, developers are going to be able to announce games for that platform, which is probably similar in spec, not just in, in streaming services, but in spec to what Stadia is doing. So it's possible that some studios are waiting for that announcement to reveal their games and uh, mention that they're coming on Stadia as well. That's right. I, I felt like I remembered uh, Lloyd and I talking about this once where it wasn't a Bobby Kotick was, had said that that they were all in uh, there on on Stadia. He's the guy, the Activision guy, right? No, that was actually uh, if I'm if I remember this correctly, what you're referring to, uh, it was Yves Guillemot from Ubisoft or Ubisoft, uh, as we say <laughs> around here. Um, yeah, it was Yves Guillemot who was who has been saying, you know, the the next generation of consoles is the next one that's going to have a physical box, is the last one that's going to have a physical box, and they participated in the Stadia test last year. Um, so I think I don't think Kotick has said anything about streaming, but maybe I'm mistaken. I don't I don't remember that. Fair enough. Uh, before we get to all the nuts and bolts of Stadia, they kind of opened up with Baldur's Gate 3. Um, of course, like, this drives me crazy. I hate it when, when companies do this where they just show a cinematic and they're like, and here's our game, and they show a cinematic and no gameplay at all. Um, <laughs> although it seems like these guys have a ridiculous sense of humor because have you seen their other videos that they've been putting out for Baldur's Gate 3? I haven't, but I know their previous work, and they are uh, uh, pretty good. They they, they did a, a a thing where they went to um, Wizards of the Coast and used like a special flask to steal one of the lore guys to to use <laughs> on their on their game. It, it's pretty funny. Make sure you watch their stuff over the Lyrica Lyrica what. Larian, Larian, Larian. Oh, the I, name of the studio, yeah, Larian. Yeah, Larian Studios. I'm excited. Are, are did Patrick? Did you play the original Baldur's Gate games at all? No, it's one of my uh, marks of shame. Uh, I am not a Baldur's Gate fan. So that that announcement, I understand why it's big, but it didn't do a lot for me personally. All right, Lloyd. Oh, yeah. I, I love the old games. I haven't beat any of those games, um, but I loved playing them back in the day. I've even rebought them in various forms and also not beaten those. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to pick up uh, Baldur's Gate 3 and probably not finish that one either. Did, sounds... did you play the Divinity games, though, the, the ones that uh, Larian Studios has been putting out, which are essentially uh, spiritual sequels to Baldur's Gate? 
Yeah, exactly. No, I, I watched a bunch of streams of it. I've, I was waiting for the hope that it would come to like uh, the Nintendo Switch or something, um, which may, may come down the road. But uh, no, I haven't played them, but they, they look fantastic. And that's exactly what I remember Baldur's Gate being. And with, with that studio working on Baldur's Gate, it's it's perfect. It's it, it just makes sense. The big difference in the because I, I, I've played both Baldur's Gate and um, uh What's the name of the game again? I can never remember. Divinity Original yeah, Sin? Yeah, thank you. Divinity Original Sin. I've played both of those. I haven't played the sequel uh, for Divinity. Um, but the big difference is that Divinity Original Sin is, feels like turn-based combat, whereas Baldur's Gate is real-time combat that you can pause at any time. Uh, and I'm very, very curious as to which direction that they will go with Baldur's Gate 3. I think either way is probably going to be the wrong way for a large segment of their fan base. Uh, because if you are an old school, died in the wall, Baldur's Gate fan, turn-based is going to be like, are you out of your mind? I can't believe you're doing this. And if you are somebody who played the original uh, uh, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 and not played the Baldur's Gate ones, you're going to be like, wait, why is this real time? I don't I don't like this. It's going to be really weird and it's going to be a hard needle to thread, I think, for Larian Studios. But I'm still excited. Can't, they, can't, can't you pause it? Like not pause, but switch from one mode to the other in, in Divinity? I you thought know, you could. Maybe it's this in the second one. I, I don't know. know. I never played the second one. I'm not sure. I just know mm. that when I played it, it was it, which was a few years ago. And so I, my memory is not fresh, but uh uh, I felt like it was turn based, but I could be I could be wrong about that. Uh, Diction in chat is say offer both like Pillars of Eternity Two does. I have not played Pillars of Eternity Two. I did not know that they give you both options. That's cool. Maybe that's the one that gives you both options. Yeah. Uh, so then they they talk about a, a bunch of different resolutions and speeds, and uh, you know Lloyd and I and Tom Merritt were making our predictions last time. It turns out those predictions were correct. That it's going to be based on uh, how much you pay is going to get you the resolution, and this is where I think that 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 Google dropped the ball on their messaging because there's a lot of like everybody out there is is constantly talking about wait a second are you saying that i have to pay a subscription and then buy games like everybody's saying that and it it just goes to show that that google did a bad job on messaging for this because they shouldn't have led with the 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 payment they should have led with the free um but patrick you want to sum up the uh the the options that we have Sure. And yeah, you're right. It was very confusing. Uh, and the uh, bandwidth uh, capacity that you have kind of meld with the business model and that option. But essentially, uh, I'm going to give you the, the clear version from the get-go, unlike Google. Um, in 2020, when this thing actually launches, you will uh, be able to play for up to uh, um, 1080p if you have about 20 megs uh, per second of latent, uh, of uh, bandwidth. And that is tw 10, 1080p HDR, 60 frames per second, 5.1. Uh, 
surround sound. And that doesn't require any kind of uh, monthly payment or subscription. The That service goes down to 10 megabits per second. They say it could even potentially work with five, but really they recommend 10. And that gives you 720p, 60 frames per second stereo, which honestly isn't, isn't bad if it works as advertised. Now, if you want 4K gaming, and uh, HDR uh, support, and uh, I mean, 4K HDR, 60 frames per second, essentially like the uh, 1080p, but in 4K, you need 35 megabits per second, but you also need to pay a monthly subscription. That will cost you 10 bucks a month. Now, regardless of what you choose, if you pay the subscription or not, you will need to buy the games. The subscription does not include a Netflix type all you can play um, service. So you need to buy the games in order to play them. Except the subscription also gives you one or two games a month um, a la PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live uh, Gold. So remember, all of that is coming in 2020. However, if you want to play early, you can buy the Founders Pack, which is in limited quantities, and that will cost you 129 bucks, and that includes a um, Chromecast Ultra to play in 4K, uh, a Stadia controller, three months worth of uh, pro subscription, so the one that gives you 4K, and Destiny 2 with everything, all the expansions, everything. So that is 129 bucks, and it is essentially you called it a soft a soft launch. I'd call it a paid beta. I think this is really their way of limiting access in order to uh, uh, test out the service, which is maybe what a soft launch is as well. But it feels a little bit more like uh, something they should have called a beta, in my opinion. Um, but they wanted us to pay a little bit for it, which is okay. Whatever, fair enough. The, the big problem I, I have with this presentation is that, as, as we mentioned, the messaging was very muddled. I came out of it with the impression that for 10 bucks a month, that, you know, if you didn't pay anything, you could buy the games and play them whenever you wanted, and that was fine. But if you paid 10 bucks a month, you would get access to all of their games, which I think is a reasonable assumption to come out with uh, when you see what they produced in that video. And of course, that would have been an incredible deal. Uh, and I made a fool of myself on Twitter saying that that was the case and the internet very <laughs> promptly corrected me. Um, so ultimately what Stadia is, uh, and that was the big question, is a exactly like all of the other consoles, except you don't have to buy an actual console, but you need to have probably a good, decent connection. So there's no other difference. And I can... I'll get into why that's really disappointing for me later down the line. Yeah, it turned out to just be a store. And right. I think that it might have been like episode one of Stadia Cast that, that I said, in my opinion, that was the best possible solution is that it's just a store where I don't have to pay anything extra if I don't want to. And I could just buy the games and play them on my Chromebook or, or wherever. Like, I personally think that it just being a store is a good thing. Uh, Lloyd, what about you? How do you feel about the 
messaging aside, how do you feel about the overall um, package that they trying to tell us about? Sure. Um, there's a couple extra things with that uh, 129 founders pack. You also get three months that you can gift to a friend. Um, so you can kind of two people can play together, which was interesting. And it's also the only way that early adopters can claim their Stadia username, uh, which is a big hammer for a lot of people that that like to have the same username across all all different platforms. Um, so I well, thought that it's was not the only way you can. You just get dibs on your usernames. But right. But up front. So you have first right. first choice of of some of the popular usernames um so yeah I, I don't know i thought it was really interesting i the the whole messaging was really weird with them leading off with um here it is and here's 4k and 10 bucks a month and then it was right near the end of their 25 minute video where they're like and we also have stadia free and this is what it gives you um i i think if they would have led with that first and and then let people know that there were that will get you 1080p. You buy your games. It's free. Um, you're basically get gaming without having to buy a $400 console. I think that would have been a better way to go about the messaging. Um, but they they hammered uh, a bunch of other things and then said, yeah, it's 10 bucks a month to play the games that you're buying. And then it comes with Destiny. And then uh, a slide later says, and we're going to add more games every month. Um, so I, I think it was really tough messaging. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, in the end, it, it I think they wasn't. might I'm sorry, it wasn't tough messaging. I'm gonna. I'm never an ass like that with yeah. with these kinds of things. But I think the comms team did a very poor job. It was not difficult to manage uh, mm -hmm. to, to message clearly. But I think they were going for let's not piss off anyone and let's make it look as good as possible. But in the process, they made it confusing, which is worse. Exactly, and that's that's what I was trying to say. It's tough messaging without. Um, angering one one part of your audience and uh it turns out that they even angered their loyal google fans that have android phones because a part of the, the of the conversation was you can play it on your phone if you have our latest pixel and leaving out all the other um google devices out there so they they had a they had a very simple message um they complicated it way too much and then they angered a whole bunch of people across the internet um which is not what you want to do when you're coming out with your uh, kind of homecoming uh, party uh, walking down the, uh, the the big staircase in your big ball ball gown um they <laughs> they they tumbled down the stairs unfortunately and smacked their head on the wall um yeah i don't know i think I, they have it's a long time between now and november they can correct the trajectory of this flawed announcement but I think they do have some work to do um, to gain the public's trust back again so that Stadia isn't just a joke for the next six months. I think this is... Uh, sorry, Bill, tell me if I'm, if I'm talking no, 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 too go much, for it, man. which I tend to do. But um, this is definitely not the, you know, impossible to recover from, but they really have to. Because ultimately what's going what's gonna to happen once Microsoft and probably soon after Sony announce their services, if those services are indeed, um, you have the option between playing your game locally on a console that you purchase or you play them streaming, then they essentially have everything that Stadia has plus uh, a whole other ton of games, plus you also have the option on play of playing locally if you choose to do so, which is, I, I don't understand, uh, you know, I don't understand 
why anyone would choose Stadia over one of those other services. Now, it's very possible those other services, you know, they'll come later or they'll not be as performant or something. But if everything goes down as we think it will, uh, I can't really see why anyone would choose Stadia over anything else. Buying games on Stadia is likely going to cost you as much as it would on other platforms. They did mention that um, if you have the subscription, you get a deal on the games, but I can't imagine the deal will be so uh, much, you know, that because the, the developers want to get the money, whether they sell on Stadia or somewhere else. So the best thing Google could do would be to waive their... Uh, um, uh, commission on the games on Stadia if you're subscribed. But even then, I'm not sure how much that is going to be, but we'll see. Um, I think there is a way of, I don't want to say salvaging it because that's really harsh, but there are still ways that Google could make this a really compelling offer. If the games that they offer with the 10 bucks a month are AAA recent amazing games, that could be interesting because then it doesn't matter where you're, you know, you're, you're getting them for 10 bucks a month and you can play them. You're not committed to any console. That could be interesting for people, but the, and, and the exclusives, by the way, Baldur's Gate, of course, is not exclusive. No. The exclusives are in called Pact, uh, Get Packed, which is essentially overcooked with <laughs> moving day, moving boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, and Guilt, which is a small indie-looking, uh, really good-looking, how can I describe it? Um, survival horror? Almost? Survival horror with a comic-y look of a little girl who's facing her fears. And I guess that, that sums it up. But they're not, you know, AAA uh, uh, system sellers. So, yeah, it is, it, it's quote-unquote salvageable, but it's it they need to work to to uh change the perception or you know maybe we core gamers are like oh but this is, is this isn't good for this and that but everyone else is saying i don't care where i'm playing it i'm gonna have a youtube video that says buy now and play now and i'm gonna play it but yeah it's last thing really last thing i promise um the reason I'm so disappointed isn't all of this, and I'm not incredibly disappointed, but the reason I'm really disappointed, the real reason why I'm disappointed is that Google has been known to come into a space and shift the perception of that space, that space. Uh, change the way people think about a service. It happened, of course, with search, but you know, with maps, with mail, with so many other services. And here, I feel like they're not doing that. And I was expecting more, maybe in uh, you know, free couple of hours for every single game you want, uh, something to do with that. And they really came in and offered essentially a console, as we said, without buying a console. So the lack of transformative, uh, industry changing, uh, uh, either business model or something, you know, felt a little bit disappointing. Okay. Well, you know, you 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 kept saying that word salvageable, and I I know exactly how they can salvage this. Um, Lloyd and I spent last episode, episode eleven. Go back and listen to it, everyone. Uh, we spent last episode 
talking about um, the, the 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 features that are inherently only Stadia, the crowd play features, uh, you know, all of these features that only work because it's so tightly inter intertwined with YouTube. And they didn't focus on any of that. They didn't show us a single thing that could only be played on Stadia. They just showed us a bunch of stuff that we can already play on our current PCs and consoles. And I think that was an absolute misstep they should have shown us something where people are like oh that's that's the reason that i want to check out stadia not because i can play a game after watching a youtube video but because of this integration uh exactly yeah uh, maxime in that, chat it says that ghost recon has steam connect in and and crowd play uh, and, and they, they yeah. showed that off in point. Yeah. Yeah. They showed that in the video once they had three other video feeds from your teammates in Ghost Recon. And I was like, oh, this is where we're going to get to the point where they tell us about all this stuff. And then it flipped on to the next uh, the next mm-hmm. game. So they, they didn't even really focus on it. Uh, you could have missed it if you weren't really um, watching the screen too closely, mm-hmm. which was a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, I missed it I the first there's... time around and I, I went back to take screenshots and that's when I saw it. And I was like, oh, my God, why didn't they talk about this? Those idiots. Uh, Patrick, you were <laughs> going to say something? Yeah, I think there are two reasons why this could be. First, it's still very early in development for Stadia. And these features need to be thought to be interesting, need to be thought about uh, when you're first starting your game um so it's possible that they have ideas they want to implement but they're not quite there yet um the other possibility is that this is extremely gimmicky um and it it will not serve gameplay which is always the last word in these kinds of um uh, uh i i was gonna say devices but <laughs> this really isn't a device but this makes me think my my instinct tells me this can be a nice added thing but it's not uh, uh, again a system seller it's kind of like the connect or the motion gaming with the wii and of course the motion gaming with the wii was a system seller but it was a system seller for a lot of people who considered it like a, a board game so they played it twice and then it it finished its life in its um in the the cupboard so i don't see how this could be a system defining feature but i'm very happy to be proven wrong but either way the devs need more more time to produce something that would uh be convincing so uh, we got a question uh from where i'm scrolling down anthony talcott he said question for the podcast did you pick up the founders edition why or why not personally i never bought something so fast in my entire life and we're gonna get uh my answer lloyd's answer and of course patrick's answer uh right after we hear from our sponsors have you played atari today all right so at uh at right before uh we played uh, those little ads there uh i asked the question did you pick up the founders edition i did uh patrick did you Oh, I thought we were going to do Lloyd first. Oh, sorry. I, I can't remember things. I have the memory of a goldfish. Go ahead, Lloyd. I did. I bought it um, about five minutes after the presentation started because I just went and refreshed Google's website. And I was like, oh, Founders Edition. <laughs> Click, buy. And then I figured out what the Founders Edition was because apparently I'm really bad with money. <laughs> um, 
for me, remember that I was under the delusion that uh, that subscription would give you access to all of the games that they had listed. So obviously, I could not refresh my uh, Google page quickly enough. And yes, I did get the Founders Edition under that uh, that that false pretense, I guess. But now um, that you that know, are, are you going to cancel it? No, I, I didn't. Uh, and I think I would get it anyway because I'm still interested in the service. For professional reasons, I need to get access to it and see what it is. Um, but I, I've also heard from many different people um, like, uh, I'm sorry, what was the name of the person who asked the question? Anthony Talcott. Um, and yeah, so like Anthony, I've I've heard from many people who who are saying this is an awesome uh, uh, offering. You know, I get everything and I don't need to buy the console. I'm in. Uh, so I think there is there are people who are interested in this, and there is definitely a uh, uh, you know there are there's a market for it. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, I did get it. I'm going to keep it. I guess if I wasn't covering gaming news, I might have uh, adopted a more wait and see attitude. Um, if only because, again, Microsoft and Sony are probably going to be coming out with similar services soon. Except the differences, I guess, th theirs are going to be launching a year later in all like likelihood. So I think that's part of the reason why Stadia had this direct before um, the E3 conference that Microsoft is going to be giving. Because if it had come after, everyone would have thought, oh, so it's the same thing, but less. Uh, and also why it's coming out um, so quickly, meaning it's kind of next generation. It's starting the next generation because some people are going to get involved in the, invested in the platform and maybe they're going to be less likely to move over once they enjoy the convenience of the of the streaming um but yeah i got it and i'm keeping it so just to remind everybody what comes with the founders edition you get the controller like the, the fancy blue one I, I don't really care about that so much uh you get a chromecast ultra three months of stadia pro three months of stadia pro to give to a friend the destiny 2 experience and of course you get first dibs on the name I think that they made a huge mistake forcing people into buying a Chromecast Ultra as well. Because if I already have one, like I have one in my house. I also have a crappy first gen Chromecast in my house. that I, And so I was happy to buy this and replace it. But if I'm somebody who already has a Chromecast Ultra on every TV in my house and I wanted to get the Founders Edition, they're forcing me to buy something that I have absolutely no use for. Do you think that they should have given you the option of just buying the controller, um, the three months of Stadia, the Destiny 2, whatever, all the everything minus the Chromecast, uh, Lloyd? Yeah, I, I thought that was really kind of weird as well. Um, I, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, for people that don't have one. But if you already have one, I guess you can give it to your friends when you give them the free three months and then say, oh, by the way, you're going to have to go buy a controller to use this. Um, yeah, oh, I don't know. sorry. Actually, they don't um, because they can play on PC. They don't have to use the right. Uh, but to use the, the Chromecast, Chromecast Ultra. 
Yeah, to yeah, use the yes. Chromecast Ultra, they're going to need to buy the controller. So I, I don't know. It's it's really weird, but the bundles are always kind of weird at launch um, for for consoles, and and this is the first unconsole, I guess. So I, I assume the bundles would be kind of weird. Yeah, I th- I feel this is this is why it feels to me like a beta that doesn't want to say its name and that is not super convincing. I think it's a way for them to control the image when it first the service first arrives because the people who are going to be paying for this are more likely invested in this ecosystem they're more likely going to have a uh better connection because you get the you're going to be playing it 4k etc etc and i think this is a way of making sure that the first wave of people who gets in you know, as much as you can has the best experience possible so that the first, uh, um, you know, chatter on social media isn't, oh, my God, this looks horrible on my 1080p TV because, yeah, duh, you have an ADSL connection. So I think this also serves that purpose. It so also gives them I'm not like, sure. go ahead. No, I'm not sure it would have been a better idea to do things differently. It just leaves a, a, a weird taste in my mouth. Um. Some, it also gives them an exact count. They know exactly how many customers that they have to plan for. So I got to say, when this hits in November, they have they had better knock it out of the park because I can I I have played a lot of games uh, like online games. And at launch, it's always an absolute disaster because <laughs> they sell way more then they anticipated and the servers can't handle it well google knows down to the number exactly how many of these things that they sold and shipped and they know that unless you bought that founders pack you cannot join this at least until 2020 uh they know exactly how many to plan for so they better have a flawless launch or it's going to be dead in the water um, the, the one that well, comes to mind is World of Warcraft. Sorry, Patrick. Yeah, that, that was a long time ago, but it's always difficult if you want to go the Blizzard route. Uh, Diablo 3 also comes to right. mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, or 47 recently. or something. Yeah. Um, 37? Yeah, I think. I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's always challenging because you can't plan one machine per user. Except if Google says, you know, we're going to ramp up in three months, so let's just have all of the machines right now anyway. Um, but everyone, what you know, if the service launches at 10 p.m. on Wednesday, everyone's going to be connecting at that time. So for a few hours a day or two at least, it's going to be difficult. But maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're touching on something. Maybe they will have immense overcapacity for uh, the number of uh, founders back they're selling only just to make sure that everyone has the best possible experience, even if they all connect at the same time. Um, because if people don't know, of course, you never size your servers for the, 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 the people who connect on the first day of, of, the first, of the first hour of the first day, because of course, after a couple of days, not everyone is gonna be connected at, at the same moment. And well, you know how it works, uh, but that, could be a clever way of making sure everyone gets a great experience, even on the moment the the server starts. 
Yeah, um, and and they're ahead. also going to have they're going to have everybody's address, so they know if there's going to be hotspots and if they've under under supported a certain state or province, they know that they have to ramp up that data center so that the uh, the the service is decent for for those people. So I mean, at least they they know half of it because everybody comes with a a, a gift that they can give to someone else somewhere in the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting way to to roll it out, and like everyone's been saying today, it's it's a controlled beta one that you had to pay for so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh with with the public on twitter uh the day that stadia gets unleashed to the masses do you guys think it's going to be a three-month beta because they give us three months of stadia pro with our founders pack it makes sense to me for to, to then say all right well this launches in november november december January, so at end of January, early February is when it actually launches for the free version for everybody else. Or do you think they like they they could delay it and say, oh, and by the way, if you, it, founders can can pay to keep going with Pro, uh, even though the the service isn't ready yet, Patrick? I think uh, communications wise, PR wise it would make a lot of sense to launch it at the end of that uh, period. Because if you don't have your friends there and uh, you see other things coming down the pike and there aren't enough games, uh, it starts to peter out. But if if everyone has access to it all of a sudden, um, and maybe they'll do a gradual rollout, but if more people come in, then it becomes a little bit more, a little bit easier to keep the the train running so i would suspect that yes it will be a three months uh, uh or less uh, beta quote unquote and then they will open the floodgates i guess they they're not going to do it in the middle of the holiday season because that would be really dumb uh mm-hmm. so i guess january would be the the time to do it uh now kodiak moonwolf in chat is pointing out some fine print that is very very prescient and i was going to get to later but since he brought it up uh, he says that Buddy Pass, which is the the three months, what's the uh, the three months that they're going to let you give to a friend, uh, the Buddy Pass will be sent within six months of delivery of your, <clears throat> excuse me, of your oh founder's edition. Oh my god, edition. that is that's terrible. Right? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this. So, this is terrible. This means you can't play with your friends. Yeah, because yeah. it's obviously buddy pass. You want to launch to start the thing, and and invite your friend and play together. And they didn't. I, I maybe they mentioned it, and I and I spaced out. But I don't think they made it very clear. This is when people are going to realize this. It's an ad. It's not you know the end of the world, but it's an added. Come on, really? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not great, Lloyd. Yeah, that that came as a total surprise to me. I I assumed that I'd be able to jump on day one and um and play with my friends. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it's like one step forward, seventeen steps back right now. So they they got a they got a big uh, a big job ahead of them to correct this messaging. It it, it almost feels like <laughs> to go right back to the very beginning. It feels like a Nintendo Direct where. They're they're doing some things right, but they're doing 28 things wrong. Uh, and I say this as a huge fan of Nintendo. Uh, they they've they they listed off a bunch of games really really fast at the very end of the of the thing. 
uh, Rage 2, Destiny 2, Doom Eternal, The Crew 2, The Get Packed, which I didn't think looked fun at all. Um, Grid, which I guess is a racing game I've never heard of. FM, I don't know what that is. There's a Power Rangers fighting game. Mortal Kombat 11. I was very excited. Like, I feel like the thing that we're all, that a lot of people are worried about is the latency. You know, how long from the time when I push the button until Scorpion throws his spear out? Like, the fact that they're showing off fighting games, the games that depend on frame-perfect animations and perfect timing, like, that that, that tells me that they're very confident that... Um, that they're going to get it right. I, I don't know. Maybe they maybe their encoding is is amazing. Who knows? Uh, I thought that was really important, uh, even though I don't care about those types of games. Go ahead, Patrick. I, you know, I I'm not very worried about the latency issue. Uh, I've been playing uh, games on the Shadow PC service for a while, and when you're in a big city and you have fiber, it's honestly fine. So I'm not worried, of course, if you're a super elite pro gamer and you're playing competitively, um, or maybe not even that much. If you really care about these things, you care, but you're not going to be playing on a streaming service anyway. You're going to be buying a box and playing on that. Um, so I'm not so worried about that. But what the, the inclusion of that game on the list tells me isn't necessarily, oh, they're 100% certain that it's going to work out great. Um, it tells me they need games. And they are going to be, because it's only 30 games, right? So, or 31. Um, so far. They, any game they get, especially a AAA title like Mortal Kombat, um, they're going to include in the list. It doesn't matter if it's not going to be, you know, frame perfect. That's that's a fair point. Uh, they also added in Farming Simulator. I, okay. Uh, Elder Scrolls <laughs> it, Online. It's really big. You know, I Farming know Simulator, we all make fun of it, but it's very big. It, it sounds like a joke, but especially in Germany, if you ever go to Gamescom, Farming Simulator has a huge booth. It's ridiculous. It's right next to the David Hasselhoff booth. Uh, Darksiders, <laughs> Genesis, Trails Rising, Wolfenstein, Youngblood, also huge in Germany. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> Sorry. For different reasons. I'm such a jackass. Um, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, The Division 2 Thumper, Final Fantasy 15, not 14, Ghost mm -hmm. Recon, Breakpoint, Just Dance, and Football Manager. A lot of people are looking at this list and they're saying, these are the launch games. But there's other launch games that we don't know about yet, I, yes. I guarantee. Uh, and that's because the, the developers probably wanted to make their own announcements for these games. These are games that have probably have not been announced on anything yet. And so, for instance, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I say that if if they're putting Final Fantasy 15 on this, then Square is probably, uh, you know, gonna, going to bring Final Fantasy 7 Remake to this. But they obviously can't announce it because this is coming out in November and Square has yet to announce when uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake is coming. Um, uh, go ahead. I think FF, FF7 Remake is going to be a PlayStation only game. Uh, really? I'm not... 100% certain about this, but I think it's the case and I'm pretty sure Sony would pay a good chunk of money to make that a PlayStation exclusive, but we'll see. I don't know. I hope you're wrong. I really do. 
Mm, I hope you're not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, speaking of games that haven't been announced yet, uh, that uh, let me open this image in a new tab. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, Avengers um, by Crystal Dynamics and published by Square Enix uh, is uh, they, they have this huge sign outside of uh, E3 right now. And if you look at the flag off on the side, it has PS4. I can't read what that says. I think that's probably Xbox. What yep. does that say? Yeah. yeah, it's Xbox. Okay. And then it says Stadia and then PC. So uh, the Avengers game is going to be coming to Google Stadia as well, which is, I think that's a, a, a big deal. At least for me, it's a big deal because I don't know. I just, I, I, I want... I want this. I want game streaming to succeed because I want to be able to play games on my Chromebook. That's really the thing is I want to be able to play it on a Chromebook. And all these there's all these people out there that are saying, well, but it won't be as good as playing on my awesome tricked out PC or my Xbox One X or my PS4 Pro. And I understand that. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have these things that would like to play video games, but they also don't want to buy these things. Patrick, you breathed I mean like you were about to say something. <laughs> Yes, sorry. I, as I said earlier, I, I do talk a lot. So please, that's stop why me he's a podcaster. People, <laughs> <laughs> I just love hearing the sound of my own voice. Um, but I mean, there's no question that game streaming succeed. I don't know what metric you you want to uh, um, judge that by, but there's no question game streaming is going to be a big deal for the next few years. There's no question about that. It, technically, I have tested it. I have no doubt that a company like Google or a company like Microsoft can make it work for a large amount of people. If you have a fiber connection, you're probably one of those people. So I don't have any questions there. Um, you will be able to play a super good looking version of Avengers uh, either on Stadia or on the next Xbox streaming service or PlayStation streaming service. Um, so I'm not worried about any of that. Um, the 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 only question is, is it going to be Stadia that dominates that space, or are we going to see it uh, uh, shrivel as the other players enter it? But uh, there's actually one thing that I'm that you made me think of um, when talking about all of those, those platforms that Avengers is coming out on. Um, it's probably going to be the best looking for, you know, a, a decent price on Stadia. It's probably going to be looking closer to a really powerful PC on Stadia, and it's going to be better looking than it will be on PlayStation 4 or Xbox. So that is somewhat of a competitive advantage for demanding gamers. Right, because otherwise, if, if you want to get the same quality that you'll get with Stadia, if you have a good internet connection, you have to spend a lot of money up front. And this basically takes all that money that you would have to spend up front and just drags it out over a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's or an argument. you need to pay to wait a year for Xbox or PlayStation, yeah. you know, 2020. But that's true. Uh, and there's a lot of people who are making this, uh, this straw man argument that well you don't own your games on stadia yeah you're right you don't own your games on stadia 
but you don't own your games on PlayStation and you don't own your games on Xbox, even if you buy the disc, because unless your console never, ever connects to the internet, unless your console never connects to the internet, you do not own your games. You have a license to play that game, which can be revoked at any time. Well, you're okay. You're kind of splitting hairs here. I understand where you're coming from. Um, If you buy an actual physical media, whether or not it says that you license it or own it on the box, uh, you can actually put that disc in the console and play it for until the end of time unless you know sony actually goes in and disables that uh game for your console at some point which is not going to happen and i understand i'm not one of those people who says oh google always cancels everything i don't think that's the case and there are plenty of things that they don't cancel and i believe stadia is here to stay but i understand again the 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 argument you know, why would I give my money to Google when there are these other players that are likely going to be doing as well? Um, and we don't know how any of this is actually going to work in the real world, not even Stadia. So this is all uh, uh, hypotheticals. But when the other ones are going to be doing as well, and they have a very proven, established uh, track record in this industry, the, 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 there is, let's say, 90% chance that Stadia is going to still be around. But there's still that 10% of, eh, I don't, I, I don't know why would I take that risk, if it makes sense. I mean, this has happened before, um, not with streaming, but, you know, Microsoft stepped into the ring and, you know, we had Sega and Sony and Nintendo fighting for top dog and Microsoft was like, all right, I'm going to come in here and start knocking some heads. And a lot of people looked at Microsoft and they said, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You can't do this. <laughs> you're just go back to Microsoft word. And now, you know, Microsoft is, is a, is a big force in the gaming industry. Uh, Lloyd, do you have any last thoughts before we talk about, uh, the next thing that we're going to hear about Stadia? Sure. Yeah, I think the the biggest threat to do Google Stadia right now, and it's not really a threat, but the the biggest um, kind of PR nightmare is is if at the E three press conference, Microsoft comes out and says that yeah, our our project Stream is coming out. It's going to be out this year. It's going to have a thousand games. You get it for free with your uh, Game Pass Plus subscription, which is Game Pass plus Xbox Live, and you can stream all this stuff. If they come out with a huge library like that for ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a month, whatever it's going to be for that subscription um stadia is going to have a lot of um a, a lot of field to catch up on um of course they're a new product so that totally makes sense they don't have any games yet microsoft has been out um, xbox one has been out for a number of years so it's easy to get that back catalog um, but i think that that's the messaging that the public is really gonna key on it's like well i pay this and i get a thousand games i pay this and i get two um so it's going to be a really interesting run up to November, um, maybe even less, uh, depending on what happens at the E3 press conference for Microsoft. Patrick, any last thoughts before we uh, before we start wrapping up? Um, just commenting on that specifically, I think it's unlikely that Microsoft is going to be coming out so soon. No. Uh, maybe for the Xbox One version of the xCloud project without the next generation thing, that's a possibility. But I also think they need to ramp things up relatively slowly, just as uh, Google is doing it. They can just enable it for everyone uh, in one go. Um, I guess the possib- another possibility would be just coming out early next year, which is a little bit more manageable, maybe. And, and that still has a significant effect on 
um, Stadia because as we've talked about many, many times and as any gamer knows, ultimately the only thing that matters is the games. And Sony and Microsoft has a, have a lot of uh, games already available. So, I mean, I don't want to make it, maybe that's a conclusion thing, so I'll wait, but yeah. Well, that's that's okay, go ahead. I, I want to hear what you were going to say. Um, I just want to, we sound, I think, to anyone uh, uh, <laughs> who's listening, like we're really down on, on Stadia. We don't like uh, the service anymore. Uh, or we we think it's kind of doomed. I really don't think that's the case. Uh, I don't think any of us is saying that. It's a misstep, um, and there are concerns. But is it is absolutely possible to bring this back to uh, something that's really satisfying? And even beyond that, I think a lot of people, as we mentioned, disagree with us and are very happy with what was announced. So. This is not all black and all everything is black kind of situation. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Lloyd, uh, I guess, how how, are you, how did you feel overall? Are are you mostly plus or mostly minus on this? I'm uh, Personally, I, I love the service as announced. I think it's going to be fantastic for me personally. Uh, someone that has a gaming PC that I use for streaming and I don't want to install games on it because I don't want my computer to break and screw up my streaming stuff um i i love the thought of hooking up a controller to wi-fi opening up a web browser on my pc and playing the latest and greatest games on that and not having to buy the next xbox or the playstation 5 um i i'm hopeful that they can um they can walk back kind of the messaging that's been going on on Twitter right now uh, and kind of the, uh, I don't know, the, the the dark storm cloud that's right above their heads for the masses. Because I do think that streaming is the future, just like when Netflix first announced that they were coming to, they're getting rid of DVDs and they're doing streaming. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's crazy. I, I have dial up. This is never going to work for me. Well, <laughs> technology always marches forward. And um, in five years, people are going to look back at at consoles and they're going to say, oh, that's cute. You actually plug it into a TV and you put a disc in. How, how cute is that? Um, I, I, this is the future. Um, but Google just has some messaging issues to get the, uh, the general public on the same page as them. And they're going to have an opportunity to do that very, very soon, like much sooner than you think. First off, we've got all the rest of E3 uh, for all of these other companies the third parties to start making the argument for Stadia for them, because I, I I guarantee at the end of a lot of presentations, they'll be like, and this is coming to Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch and Stadia and Walmart and Netflix and all these other places. You're going to be able to play these games all over the place. So I, they've got that. But there's also uh, Jeff uh, Keeley, who does the Game Awards. Uh, he is that this is happening today. At 11.30 a.m., so in about a half an hour after... Uh, wait, is that Pacific time? No, that's Pacific time. So three and a half hours after we, after right now, uh, so by the time you hear this, you probably will have already... This will probably have already happened. Uh, but he is going to be interviewing uh, Phil Harrison, and they're going to be taking a deep dive on Google Stadia uh, for E3. So I am definitely going to be checking that out. And I don't think that this was on any schedule anywhere. I just saw the tweet from Jeff, and I was like, oh, damn, here we go. Did, did you guys know about this? That, no, I didn't. This really sounds like course correction. Exactly. really interesting. I think they had a lot of people in their PR team who was like, dude, 
wait a second. This is not what we thought was going to happen. Uh, hey, Jeff, do you want to talk to Phil? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, and uh, one thing that like people were asked, um, or, or uh, I can't remember who, who, who posted Although- it. Oh, Kotaku posted this one thing about uh, one user per Stadia account. And then um, somebody reached, somebody from Google reached out to Kotaku and said, actually, we've got a sh- family sharing plan coming in the future. So just so you know, what were you going to say, Patrick? Uh, I, I don't remember, so oh, I'm it probably sorry. wasn't very important. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, I think this is, uh, I, yes, I remember now. I'm not sure what he could say that would shift the perception enough because they don't, uh, they announced what they wanted to announce. If they announce anything really new, anything really big, uh, it means they consider they have really messed up. If they change their communications plan, um, it it is probably going to be because they are seeing, you know, low numbers of, on the founder's back or uh, the chatter is really a concern or something like that. It's very possible that they, I don't know, it's so sudden it has to be because they want to course correct. And in order to course correct, they need to say something that they haven't said before. So I'll be curious to see what they say we are of course getting corrected from chat uh lloyd (laughs) you want to read that uh yeah so um comes from maxime says the interview was announced before stadia connect though which is interesting because i I didn't heard that um so maybe it was just a time slot that was uh just happened to be set at the perfect opportune time for Google to do a course correction. So this might be uh, serendipity for uh, for Google to uh, to kind of do some course correction. Well, maybe they knew they they expected mm-hmm. it because that that's the I, I used to work in PR. Um, that's the job that one of the one of the parts of your job. Um, you need to anticipate what could go wrong and how to fix it or try to fix it maybe they they knew they had to do the announcement in this way for different reasons and they figured we'd better have a a, an interview afterwards to clarify some uh of the elements it's possible well i think that we have summed up everything that we can at this point and i want to thank patrick for coming on the show patrick why don't you tell everybody one more time where they can find all things patrick beja Sure. So um, not Patrick on Twitter is the easiest way to get to what I do. But uh, if you're, I guess you like games uh, and uh, we do too. We, I have a gaming podcast called Pixels at, and that show is doing a series of uh, live comment, well, of commentaries of all of the conferences. Um, we comment them live with my friend Scott Johnson, and I put those commentaries on the feed because people have expressed a desire for it for some reason. We we have some funny banter sometimes. So if you want to uh, listen to that, either follow us live or on the show, uh, Pixels. And then, of course, uh, in a few days, we're going to be doing a huge E3 recap where all of the important information is going to be discussed and detailed. So uh, you can check that out as well. And again, the show is called Pixels. So just go to your podcast app, search for Pixels and subscribe and thank me later. That's right. Uh, you can follow this show on Twitter at StadiaCast. You can follow me at Run Jump Stump. Run Jump Stomp. They're going to say that right. Uh, Lloyd, where is it that people are going to find your stuff? 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dasme, D-A-S-M-E, and all the gaming and other podcasts that we do on our network is over at rezd.tv, R-E-Z-D.tv. That's right. And we would like to thank the unofficial Discord server of the official Stadia subreddit for letting us know, letting people know about our show, which you can check out over at bit.ly slash Stadia Discord. Music is uh, Subterranean Kamikaze by Zircon. You can check out their stuff over at zirconstudios.bandcamp.com. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Lloyd. I'll see you guys next time. 